Slide guitar. It looks cool, it sounds cool, you feel cool when you play it, your friends think you're cool when you play it, and yes, it is the epitome of guitar coolness. But you might encounter a problem. What if you've never played slide guitar before? Or you haven't played slide in a while? How do you learn? How do you start? How do you embody slide guitar coolness? Well, that's what today's show is all about. I'm gonna show you how to play bottleneck slide in six simple steps. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 232 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. A little bit later on today's show, you'll be meeting TAC family member Dwight. Dwight started his guitar journey, he felt like he got in over his head, he stopped, and then he restarted. After hearing the ups and downs of Dwight's guitar journey, you're going to gain some insight as to how to make your guitar journey never, ever, ever stop. Plus, you're going to get a sneak peek at what guitar lick the TAC family is working on today. It's a really cool blues lick in the key of E. Plus, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes broken strings, rock and roll, and much, much more. But first, it's time for you to play slide guitar. Believe it or not, you're going to be playing slide guitar today in less than 10 minutes. Yes, I promise. I'm going to walk you through how to play slide guitar in six easy steps right here, right now. But first, I have a confession to make. Yes, I know that's a Foo Fighters song, but I do. I have a confession to make. When I first started playing guitar, I was about 18 or maybe very freshly 19. Um, I played guitar for a little bit, but I was very much in the early stages. I bought a slide because I was super excited about it, but I was excited about it for the wrong reason. I thought a slide helped you play bar chords. I thought a slide helped you hold down the strings so your other fingers could play a bar chord. Yes, I was sadly mistaken, but that small mistake led me to discover an incredible style of music, one that I'm gonna share with you today. Now, I am no slide guitar expert by any means. I actually favor lap slide guitar, where I can actually see the neck. But bottleneck slide guitar is so fun, and it's, it's just such a great creative outlet. I wanted to share what I know about it right here, right now, on today's show. So let's dig into the steps. Step number one, pick a slide. Yes, indeed, you need a slide to play slide guitar. Now, this can be a bit confusing because slides come in a variety of shapes and sizes. They come in a variety of different materials. And the best thing to do is to try out a bunch of different ones. And this is exciting because it gives you the green light to go out and go shopping for some new gear. Now, in the whole scope of gear, slides aren't all that expensive. Now, they can get expensive, but generally speaking, you're looking at $20 to $40. Now, let me just go over a couple of the materials right now. Uh, you're going to run into ceramic slides. These are heavier slides that give you a warmer tone. Think less sharp and more of a round tone. You're going to run into glass slides, which slightly sharpen the tone, not the note, but the tone. It's a little bit more articulate, still retaining some of that warmth. And then lastly, you'll run into metal slides, which give, which give you the most biting tone, the most crisp tone, and to me, oftentimes, the most loud tone. Now, one thing to keep in mind, when you're shopping for a slide, generally speaking, the heavier the slide, the better tone you're gonna get and the easier it will be to use. Oftentimes, the lesser expensive slides are 
are rather light, and they don't make good contact with the strings, therefore you don't get very good tone. The more dense, the more heavy the slide, the better contact you will get, hence better tone. Let me go ahead and play for you a couple of different passages on a glass slide and then a metal slide, just so you can hear the difference right now. Okay, let's move on to step number two, and that is tuning. No, we're not gonna talk about technique yet, we're gonna talk about tuning. Slide best functions with an open tuning. So for today's examples, I'm gonna be tuned to open D, and that is as follows. The low string will go down to a D. The A string stays the same. The D string stays the same. The G string goes down to an F sharp. The B string drops to an A, and the high E string drops to a D. If you strum all those strings together, boom, you have a nice, beautiful open chord. Now on to the meat and potatoes of slide guitar. Step number three is slide mechanics. I'm gonna go over four technique aspects here that are each vital to your success when it comes to slide guitar. I want you to have good tone, I want you to be comfortable with the slide, and I want you to fall in love with slide guitar. So let's dig in. The first aspect of slide mechanics is where you're gonna put the slide. I favor, whoa, I favor my ring finger because I have more control with it. I feel like I can address the strings a little bit more confidently and with more strength. Now you don't need a lot of strength, but you need good firm contact. The ring finger allows me to do that. A lot of players favor the pinky because it frees up the other fretting fingers. It really is personal preference. One is not better than the other, just whatever one is more comfortable for you. Okay, the second aspect of slide mechanics is this. Your trailing fingers, the fingers behind the slide, the ones towards the headstock, need to be dampening the strings. Just subtly touching the strings. Why is this? Well, if you don't touch the strings behind the slide, you get this really odd set of overtones. I'm gonna show you an example here. I'm gonna not touch the string behind the slide and I'm gonna slide all the way up to the 12th fret or somewhere in there. And what you're gonna hear is sound going up and sound going down. Listen very closely, check this out. As you can hear, it's, it's very strange. You get this ascending sound and this descending sound at once. It's almost cartoon-like. I always think of Looney Tunes when I hear it. Now let me go ahead and give you an example of what it sounds like with dampening. And what you're gonna notice is that all of a sudden the sound is much cleaner and much more distinct. Here's how it sounds with dampening. You can tell it's way more clean. It sounds a little bit more direct. It sounds much more intentional. It sounds less like dragging a trash can lid across the railroad tracks which is a really cool visual. In fact, sometimes slide guitar can sound like that, and that's okay. Slide guitar is a very imperfect style. You're slightly out of tune, you're slightly in tune, and that's really the nature of it. And if you start to wrap your head around that, it's really a fun style because there's 
quite a lot of forgiveness with it. Now, this brings me to the final aspect of slide mechanics, and that's actually where you place your slide. Remember, we're not fretting the string at all. The slide is our movable fret. So, if we want to hit an exact note, we want to align the slide directly above the fret that we intend. So, when you fret the third fret of your guitar, you're not on top of the fret. You're behind the fret. But since the fret is above the plane of the fretboard, of course, you get the note that is the third fret. With the slide, we have much more liberty. We can hit all of the notes in between the second and the third fret. It sounds a little bizarre. So, to make sure that you're playing in tune, or as close to in tune as you can, you want to position the slide right above the fret. And you can check your in-tuneness by fretting the note and then sliding over it. So, there you have it. Slide mechanics. Where to put the slide, how to address the strings, how to dampen, and of course, where to place the slide when you intend to fret a certain note. Step four is practicing on a single string. No, we're not going to attack all the strings at once because we want to put these mechanics, the mechanics that you just learned, we want to put them to use and pay special attention to them. How do we do that? Well, we limit as many factors as we can. So, we're just going to slide on one single string. And for us, that will be the high D string, okay? And what we're going to do is just play a minor pentatonic scale in the key of D. We're tuned to an open D. So, essentially, we'll be playing a blues scale in the key of D on the high D string. Okay, so we're going to start out open. Then we're going to slide into the third fret. So, I want you to start slightly behind the third fret and slide into it. And practice arriving at that fret. From the third fret, we're going to slide to the fifth. From the fifth fret, we'll slide to the seventh. From the seventh fret, we'll slide to the tenth. From the tenth fret, we'll slide to the twelfth. Now, to get a little leverage, my thumb is actually touching the back of the neck. I'm not just willy nilly sliding all over the place. My thumb's giving me a little bit of an anchor on the back of the neck. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, I came here to play slide guitar. You've showed me one string. That sounds really puny. What the hell am I even going to do with that? Well, again, this is practicing mechanics. But if you're comfortable with finger picking, you can use that single string to your advantage. And it sounds really cool. Here's an example of how that might sound. fun way to play kind of droney blues and again, experiment with those slide mechanics. On to step number five, and that is playing chords with a slide. Now, this is where the open tuning really comes into play because again, the slide is a straight line. 
And what's beautiful about that is when you tune your guitar to an open tuning, you're essentially playing a chord in a straight line. If you think of the nut of your guitar as a slide, it's in a straight line. So if the nut of your guitar was a slide and the slide's movable, any time we place the slide over any fret, that will be a major chord because we're in a major tuning. Now for the key of D, we're gonna need a G chord and an A chord, okay? That's the, the four and the five in the key of D. If you don't know about one, four, five, that's okay. You don't need to know it for this, but just know that the fifth fret is your G chord and the seventh fret is your A chord. And if you wanna get really fancy and ultra bluesy, you can move up to the 12th fret and that is your D chord, right? So we have D, G, A, and D. I always get confused at a 12th fret guitar. I shouldn't because the body meets the neck at the 12th fret and that is the one chord. Anyways, um, so why is this useful? Well, you can play a 12 bar blues knowing the one, the four, and the five. In this case, the D, the G, and the A. That might sound something like this. Now, I'm not gonna play a full 12 bar blues because of time, but what I am gonna do is finger pick over the D chord, finger pick over the G chord, finger pick over the A chord, and then close things out up at the 12th fret over the D chord. That would sound like this. out of tune up there, but you get my drift. Uh, that's one of the disadvantages of using the slide on your ring finger is that on a 12 fret guitar, you really have to reach up high. If I had it on the pinky, I could certainly get in tune, but again, I, I lack control up there. You get my drift. Go ahead and experiment, experiment with that. Again, that's the one, the four, and the five in the key of D. A D chord, a G chord, and an A chord. And check this out. Regardless of your open tuning, the one will always be open and at the 12th fret. The four chord will always be at the fifth fret. And the five chord will always be at the seventh fret. And again, that's regardless of what tuning you're using. It's pretty darn cool. Step number six is playing your very first slide guitar lick. This lick is extremely fun, it's extremely addicting, and it sounds awesome. Now, you've probably noticed throughout today's lesson I've been using finger picks. That is not a prerequisite whatsoever. It's my personal preference. I like the clarity and exactness that they offer me. If you wanna use just your fingers, totally fine, you can do that as well. Again, whatever is comfortable for you. We're gonna start this lick up at the 12th fret. I'm gonna go ahead and play it for you first, and then we'll break it down. Here's how it sounds. It's a pretty fun lick, and immediately you can kind of hear the blues just ooze out of it. So first step is to take your thumb and your middle finger. Thumb is gonna be on the high A string, middle on the D. And all we're gonna do is go back and forth. Just like that, thumb, middle, thumb, middle. And just incorporate the slide by sliding up to the 12th fret, like so. Pretty cool. After that, we're gonna hit our A string with our thumb again, but slide back to the 10th fret. It's very Dwayne Allman. 
So, so far we have that slide up to the 10th and uh, slide up from the 10th fret to the 12th fret like so. And then back to that 10th fret. Now we're going to move up to the 12th fret again, but we're going to make a pit stop. Okay. We're going to take our thumb up to the F sharp string and slide into the 11th fret. It's a weird place to stop. Good thing we're not stopping there. Really uncomfortable, right? Let's get uncomfortable. And then we're going to finish things out by hitting the D string at the 12th fret. So that last little sequence sounds like this. It's very resolving, very grounding. So all together, it will sound like this. Pretty cool, right? Check this out. It gets even cooler. You can do this over any chord. And since you want to play the blues, you can do it over the four chord. And of course you can do it over the five chord as well. And then wrap things up, up at the 12th fret on the one chord. Pretty useful lick. And I hope you have a blast playing it. Welcome to the world of bottleneck slide guitar. Okay. What'd you think of this technique tune-up? Did it help? Did it give you a little bit more confidence in approaching slide guitar, more confidence in playing slide guitar? Hopefully it got you hooked on bottleneck guitar. It's an extremely fun style. TAC members, if you want to take this further, please check out the TAC course collection. There is a slide guitar course in there taught by none other than Tony Furtado a phenomenal bottleneck player, a phenomenal acoustic bottleneck player. And he goes through step by step. It's a really fun course. You get to know an incredible artist and come out uh, while well, learning and playing slide guitar a little bit further than we did on today's show. Speaking of Tony's acoustic challenge and the TAC family, let's go ahead and take a sneak peek at what they're working on this week. And it just so happens to be a blues lick. Not a slide guitar lick, but a really cool blues lick in the key of E. Now, every Tuesday on Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on a guitar lick. In fact, throughout the week, we rotate through the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Monday, it's a technique challenge. Tuesday, a guitar lick challenge. Uh, Wednesday, I almost forgot my days of the week. Wednesday, it's an improvisation challenge. Thursday, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Friday, a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick, and here's exactly what they're working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Four Leaf Clover. This is a blues lick in the key of E, and it's palm muted. This week, within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, every day we're focusing on palm muting, from the Technique Challenge all the way through the Chord Transition Challenge, and of course, including the Guitar Lick Challenge that you're seeing today. Let me go ahead and play this for you, and then I'll show you actually how you can integrate it into a 12-bar blues. Here's how it sounds. It sounds muted. It sounds palm muted. And that's for good reason. Now, if you want to learn this note for note tack fam, go ahead and log in. This is your daily challenge today. Go ahead and click start challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video. Once you get it under your fingers, you can then move to the play along video, pick a speed that's comfortable for you. And then don't forget, don't forget to click that tab icon in the lower right hand corner. And that'll pull up the tab in a separate window. So you can have that right alongside the video. Okay. So this lick, what's the deal? It doesn't sound like a lot. It is. Now I want you to think of this in, in really two different uh, realms. Number one, the palm muted part of it. 
that actually gives you some serious dynamic power. If you want to bring the overall dynamic of a song down, throw in some palm muting and immediately you'll see that it has a drastic effect. The second realm that this lick lives in, or the second kind of secret power that it gives you, is the ability to break away from a blues shuffle and maintain rhythmic momentum without having to go to a chord. Here's what I mean. I'm gonna go ahead and play through a shuffle, and you're gonna notice rather quickly, it gets pretty one-dimensional. Here's how just a standard blues shuffle would sound. It's okay, it works, but let's be honest, it's not all that exciting, especially when you repeat it all the time. Now, it is exciting if you throw it in now and again, and it also is exciting if it's the first thing you learn on guitar like it was for me. I remember playing that over and over and over again to the degree that my mom would say, Tone, I really like that you're playing guitar, but I really want you to learn something else. So I wish I had this lick I'm about to show you at that time. Anyways, all jokes aside, uh, so if you're playing that shuffle pattern and you want to break it up, you can integrate this lick. Here's how that would sound. I hope you really dug this, and I hope that it allows you to see some different ways you can actually use any lick. You can transpose them, you can use them repeatedly, so it kind of creates this momentum, and of course, adding that palm muting does give you control over your dynamics. Okay, one more thing before we get back to the show. I wanna talk about perspective, specifically small wins. It's possible that you might stop a playing session and say, wow, that didn't go very well at all. In fact, that sucked, and I didn't play well, and I didn't learn anything, and that really bums me out. That's one way you can look at it, or you can look at it like this. Wow, I'm really proud of myself. I sat down and tried something new. Since it's new, I didn't know how to do it, and I'm working so that I do learn how to do it. And it's gonna take some time, but you know what? I started, I started that ball, I pushed it down the hill. Now the momentum has started, and as I sit down with this again, I'm gonna learn it quicker, I'm gonna learn it faster, and I will get there. That's the same playing session, looked at two different ways, two different perspectives. Here's the deal, you can always find something wrong with your playing, you can always find a negative. In fact, as humans, we have this negative bias. I think it has something to do with our survival instinct or something like that. I think I read that somewhere. But what I want you to do is try and find one single positive every time you sit down and play guitar and celebrate that small win. Maybe it's showing up. Maybe it's the fact that you had a busy day and you took some time out, you took some time out, you carved out a little time to play guitar. Maybe it's the fact that you did try something new. Maybe you didn't get it note for note, but you tried it and you pushed yourself outside your comfort zone. Always find that positive and celebrate it. When you celebrate a small win, it makes that habit lock in much, much deeper. It makes that habit really, uh, really kind of, uh, God, I'm, I'm lacking the terms for it. It really makes the habit stick. When you associate positive emotions with a habit, you're much more likely to continue that habit. And that's exactly what I want you to do. So right now, before we get back to the show, let me know one small win in the comments below from your last playing session. 
Let's now head back to episode 227 of the show where I talked about how to integrate staccato into your guitar playing. There was a comment left by TAC family member Dwight Donahue that really hit me. I wanna read it here right now and then we'll dig into it a little bit. Here's what Dwight had to say. Hey Tony, I haven't been around for quite some time. I practiced every day with TAC for a solid two months after I bought my first guitar. I believe I joined TAC in early 2020. I was progressing, but was kind of overwhelmed with how much there is to learn. To be honest, I thought it would come to me easier. I feel I have an ear for music, but the physical effort, hand strength, flexibility, and coordination required to make music on the guitar frustrated me. And hence, I found myself practicing less and less until I stopped. I've just recently started again and plan to go through the same tack lessons that I had completed. I'm sure they will come easier this time since I had them down fairly well. Hopefully that will get me motivated to keep it up. I can't help wondering where I would be today on my journey had I not stopped. Keep up the good work. Well, Dwight, I want you to keep up the good work. I am so thankful that you left this comment because to me, you're not the only one that, that this happens to. I hear countless guitar players say, gosh, you know, when I started, it was just, I was on a hot streak. And then all of a sudden I ran into some physical difficulty. I thought that things would be easier than they are. And I kind of stopped playing. But the good news, Dwight, is that you hopped right back on the horse. You know, the parting shot of your comment really stuck out to me. You said this, I can't help wondering where I would be today on my journey had I not stopped. You got, you started again. You, like I said, you got back on the horse. So thinking back to how things would be if you kept playing isn't necessarily gonna do it's not gonna make any difference. So it's okay, life got crazy. You know what, you ran into a wall and you said to yourself, I'm gonna stop playing guitar. But the important thing is, is you started again. And I also want, want all the guitar players watching the show right now to be aware of this. I want you to be very careful with your expectations, okay? We call it a guitar journey for a reason. Because my goal, is I want you to enjoy every single step of the way. I want you to enjoy sitting down with your guitar and learning something new. I want you to enjoy learning something that maybe you struggle with. I want you to enjoy that time. I want you to enjoy the fact that you sat down with your guitar for 10 minutes and you carved out that time. It's really, really important. And be very careful of those expectations that you may hold. We all hold them. I'm not saying that I don't. I know for a fact we all do, myself included. But those expectations can get us into trouble because what happens is we expect to learn something fast. We expect things to come easy. And when they don't, we get frustrated. And we end up thinking that, that something's wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with you. You do the best you can every single day. And progress, progress happens when you do that, okay? It might happen a little slowly for some, it might happen fast for others, you might go through ebbs and flows where you're just surging ahead and then all of a sudden you feel like, gosh, I just, I'm not getting any better. But it's about the cumulative effect of your guitar journey. It's about the cumulative effect of sitting down every day on a regular basis, committing 10 minutes to playing guitar, and then looking back in six months and a year and saying, holy smokes, I've really progressed. This has been amazing. It doesn't, it, you don't notice it every single day, but again, it really does accumulate. So Dwight, I just wanna, I wanna wish you the best on your guitar journey and please just stick with it. Stick with it. There is no getting ahead. There is no falling behind. There's just you trying your best day in and day out. And again, that equals progress. I can guarantee that. 
I want to kick off this week's Acoustic News You Can Use section with some wise words from Chick Corea. I was scrolling Instagram and I found this video and I watched it about 10 times and it kept hitting me harder and harder and harder. And I want you to hear it. Here it is. You know, the simplest thing to forget is that what music is about and any kind of art form is about is, is creating the kind of things that, that you think are beautiful. In other words, when you sit as a piano player and, you, and you're creating, you have to learn to be certain about what you like, not what you think sounds good to someone else. Mm -hmm. See, first thing is, is you have to learn your own heart and your own mind about about uh, sound. So whatever you think is beautiful, that's what's beautiful. See, and you have to pursue that road. Uh, Can acoustic guitars play rock and roll? Amendment. Can acoustic guitars play rock and roll before they're fully built? The answer is yes, and Atkin Guitars proves that. Breaking a string on your guitar stinks. Breaking a string on your guitar during a live performance stinks about 10 times more. But if you're Don Ross, it doesn't matter at all. I found this footage of Don playing an incredibly difficult piece of music. And during him playing, a string on his guitar broke. What did he do? Well, he kept playing. Check this out. Speaking of breaking strings, I found some more footage, this time from the electric guitar world. B.B. King is on stage for the Live Aid concert in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. He broke his B string. B.B. King broke his B string. That's pretty funny. Anyways, he didn't even flinch. He kept singing the song, and while he was singing, he changed the string. I mean, talk about multitasking. You got the crowd watching you, you're changing your string, and he's singing a song, and he's singing it incredibly well. This gives me hope. This gives me hope every single time I break a string, I could do something cool like either Don Ross or B.B. King did in this video. You know I love is nothing but the blues, baby. And on that note, I think it's a great time to wrap up the show for today. But before I do that, let's go ahead and see what's going to happen next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. And next week, we're going to look at the lesson behind a guitar lick. Yes, the guitar lick that the Tack family is working on is gonna teach us a much greater lesson. And the lesson you're gonna learn next week is how to use 
horizontal single string scales. This might be a new way of looking at the guitar for you, and I can guarantee it will open up the entire fretboard right before your very eyes. This is gonna be really exciting, and again, that's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch the Acoustic the Acoustic you can catch the Acoustic Tuesday show every single Tuesday on YouTube at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I want to thank you so much for joining me today, and I do want to remind you of one thing. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Guitar Geeks Unite!